All right, so let's dive into the heart triad. So we've been covering the heart, head, and gut triads. That's right. Um, the Enneagram has nine personality types, as we all know, and they're divided into these three categories of the centers of intelligence. And the centers of intelligence is really um, where, like when we are in a situation, how do we take in that information? Do we take it in through our head, our heart, and our gut? And where do we react from? And so in this episode, we're going to focus on the heart triad, which are types twos, threes, and fours. Now, for these three types, they have an imbalance in their feelings. But again, they are going to... It's so funny whenever you say they have an imbalance in their feelings. That sounds like a diagnosis. Yeah. But we're not talking about that. This we'll, is... we'll, we'll dive into more what it means. That's right. Yes. Um, because the gut center has an imbalance in their gut reactions yep. and the head center has an imbalance. I in have their an imbalance thinking. in my head. <laughs> if I'm we know, we know <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, but this group, the twos, threes, and fours have similar assets and liabilities in this think or the, in this feeling center. Um, and so that, like I said, they're going to engage in life with their feelings. Now this looks very different for each of the three types. Um, the type twos are the ones that they feel other people's feelings. They will walk into a room and they have this antenna and they just naturally um, can understand and consume what other people are feeling. Now, the type threes, what's interesting is they actually don't use their feelings very much because they believe that it's going to hinder what they want to accomplish, their goals and tasks. So they push their feelings to the side so that it can stay on task. Now, the type fours, on the other hand, they have all of their emotions and they feel them with great depth and intensity. Now, again, the heart triad, we want to realize that they also share um, an emotional reaction to these areas, which they struggle with shame. Okay, now we all struggle with shame and they don't have just the corner on on shame. We all do, but this is the one that really pops up the most for the um, heart triad. So they focus primarily on their identity and significance. And when they are feeling shame, they're really trying to obtain the identity or the significance that they feel they must have. So the twos, they want to be seen as the most supportive, caring, nurturing, and selfless person. The type threes want to be seen as the most successful, admirable, and accomplished person. And the type fours want to be seen as the most special, different, and most authentic and unique person. Okay, so with that, let's introduce our guests who are a type two, a three, and a four. And we're going to be able to ask them questions about what it's like to be in the yep. heart triad. So uh, just explaining the heart triad, how did that land on you all? It feels very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Completely well, accurate. Well, yeah. That's great. Well, Megan, you're our guest, our type two guest. Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. My name's Megan Jackson, and I live in New York City. I moved here to pursue acting, and a couple of years ago came along um, the, Enneag uh, the YEC or the BEC becoming an Enneagram coach program. And I um, feel like it's kind of like God's been leading me to this kind of thing as a coach for 10 years because I do just love people. I love their stories. That's right. Like kind of what actors do is they get into the minds and hearts and souls yeah. of the character. Yeah, right. And I feel like that's what 
an Enneagram coach does as well. And so, yeah, I'm coaching one-on-one here in the city and I'm excited to to continue to grow and learn and excited to be That's here. That's awesome, Megan. Yeah. Do you find yourself with looking at scripts or watching other performances, thinking through type the lens of uh, different types? A hundred percent. I feel like I watch TV now. I'm like, oh, an unhealthy three there or like, <laughs> right. you know, like I'm, I would call it out and it's fun. And also like knowing when, like my roommate, knowing when to be like, maybe she doesn't want to know that that's, you know, like, oh, there's a five, you know? So yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> maybe she doesn't want to know that. That's funny. <laughs> like, oh, she's like, say, oh. Where it becomes a problematic experience in doing that is when they've written a character that may be inconsistent with the Enneagram. Right. Yeah. So the trajectory, the, the character story may be, so like Nate on Ted Lasso is a yeah. debate in the family. Yeah. Um, oh, because it seems to take a big but, departure. Well, in the, in the second season, at the end, he, I believe, departed from his type drastically in a way that's not typical the type that i think he is and Mm. then this season he's starting to come back to the type that he presented and but i still kind of disagree with with how they presented that type um okay Mm. so i'll just say i think he's a type nine and Mm. typically the type nine is not going to move to the unhealthy parts of type three around everyone else to the degree that I felt like he was at the end of season two. Um, it was, mm. it just felt like a huge break in character and it didn't um, seem consistent with at least how I've experienced the Enneagram. But now in this season, I can, you can see the type nine coming out again, the, the um, not feeling assured of himself and does anyone mm-hmm. care and trying to be seen, especially by, and we won't give everything away, but by the girl in the restaurant, mm-hmm. the um, hostess, like he's wanting her to notice him, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that he has importance. So I'm thankful that they're getting back to what I think is his uh, type. But I will say it was really hard How as an Enneagram coach to break character or the consistently the consistent the way that the Enneagram shows yes. up. Anyway, no show should ever be on. That's TV. just a side note. We're getting oh, into, we're getting in, we sh- this should be like a whole podcast. It's a whole other podcast. Um, Writing, so, acting. So Mike, mm-hmm. tell us a little about yourself. You're our amazing, I put these uh, labels on everybody, by the way. <laughs> so, so go on YouTube. He did not write amazing type three. I wrote that. So I want to give him the out. Yeah. So if you go on YouTube, oh. you can see their names and the titles that Jeff gave them. <laughs> so Mike, you're the awesome type three. So yeah, wanna- thanks. Um, so my name is Mike Parrott. I'm on Southwood Campus Outreach here in St. Louis. Um, I'm married to a type six, and I have two boys, Thomas and Dawson, who are eight and six. And so our life is full of accomplishing a lot of things right now and trying. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but we're also you know, in seminary as well. Yes, I'm I'm in seminary, and so yeah I've been in full time ministry uh since I've graduated college in two thousand nine and so you know when it, the Enneagram has been so helpful for me over especially over the last years as we've just dove into a little bit more because I think it's helped make sense of parts of me that uh just i felt felt clouded for so long or like ways of operating in the world that i just mm-hmm. i didn't know why I was doing these things or why I felt these things, mm-hmm. but then also it makes sense of why I really love parts of my job. Like I love coaching people and helping right. them become the best versions of themselves. And 
I love kind of getting it, my hands dirty with them and helping like set a vision and accomplishing a task with them and realizing that's, that's a good part of me that, well, that God's made. And I will say, so Mike was our son's boss when our son worked for CO in St. Louis for a year. Um, and I think what I was most thankful for was I feel how much you have grown even in years past as a three, because the things that I heard and saw represented in you was experiencing life to the degree that a three can in an authentic and genuine place. And because Mm -hmm. what I could, I could tell was that Mm -hmm. your heart was able to grasp the grace of Christ so much that you knew that being authentic and real only revealed his glory in and through you. And that just spilled out into, you know, our son's life and the ways that you nurtured and cared for him. And so anyway, I just want to say, you know, just thank you for doing the hard work because that's not easy. And we'll get into a little bit of that for the type threes where emotions and authenticity is scary. But um, that's why I'm really glad that you're here because I think you'll be an excellent representation of the spectrum of struggling with these things, but also how God has enabled you to go to the healthier places in lots of seasons of life. So anyway, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. It's Nate. having Nate was helpful, but I, why is he's been so helpful? My, my team, we use it consistently with each other and mm-hmm. it's just fostered, I think a healthy, um, really healthy dynamic amongst us. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And then Leah, Welcome, Hi. Leah. Glad you're here representing the Type 4s, which is, I, I guess that's kind of a hard place to be as a 4, because you, can you have one 4 represent all 4s, or are all 4s <laughs> unique? Right. And it's, it's almost like a, a hurtful comment to say, how could I ever represent 4s, because we're all different. But she is the most captivating mm. Type 4, according of to your title. That, that's right. That's that's how she rolled. <laughs> Which is like the perfect compliment for me mm. right now. <laughs> just, I was like, oh, he understands me already. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Yeah, so you. tell us about you. Okay, I'm I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, my name's Leah Everson, and I'm married to my husband, Tim. He's a Type 9, and we have two boys. Uh, my background is in pastoral ministry. I have my MDiv from Denver Seminary, and we were out there for 10 years when I was working in the church, and then we moved back and sort of had a crisis of purpose, like existential hmm. crisis. Fours don't experience those. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that was like when I- Is that when on I, your schedule I, every year to, to oh, have- Oh, a, a, weekly. Yeah. But yeah. no, that's, <laughs> well, um, so- I actually dove into the Enneagram when I was really not sure what I was doing next um, yeah. in my mid-30s and uh, discovered I was a four. I had been mistyped as a two or a three before. Yeah. So um, that was really helpful because it helped mm. me realize that a lot of my thoughts and feelings weren't necessarily true. Um, and then That's became really a tough. coach in, in 2020 um, with the pandemic. I was working in an office job and I hated it and my kids came home and it kind of pushed me to move forward with coaching. So I've been doing that ever since. Awesome. Um, So it's been really good. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. So I'm excited to dive into the heart triad and help people to understand really what that even means for you guys. Cause each of you guys are so different in 
this triad. So we're going to take a look at type twos first, and we'll talk with Megan about that, and then we'll move on to Mike with the type threes, and then Leah will talk more about the type fours after that. So again, the the twos in the feeling triad, they are the most giving and selfless types on the Enneagram. Um, they serve others really all the time. They're constantly thinking of others. What's really remarkable about the twos is, like I said earlier, they can walk into a room and they have these feeling antennas that really understand the needs um, and feelings of others that are around. It's funny you say that because we just had a conversation with our daughter this last weekend mm-hmm. that when we were creating YEC, it was a very difficult time. Yeah, stressful. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hadn't secured another job yet. And so there was a lot of financial pressure. And so Beth and I would get spun out. Be- or Libby would come home. And just... And feel, feel it. it like she knew just walking in the door, mom and dad have been fighting in this yeah. house. Or or they're having a day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and they those emotions of others come and land on the two and really kind of envelop them. Um, and it can be very weighty uh, for the type two. Uh, one other example, and I'd love to hear, Megan, when we get uh, to bringing you know, your insights in, if you've had experiences like this, well, we were at, I think it was in Philadelphia and we were walking down right. town with uh-huh. Libby and this person was running up the hill in this kind of like cocktail sequence dress, but with like a heavy coat on I was oblivious. and sneakers. I did not know that. I barely remember walking past that person. Right. And whereas I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling this like as a nine, I'm like gathering like Intel as well. Nines and twos do this. But mine is more just gathering like the energy, is something okay, is something off? Whereas once she passed us, Libby's like, she's not okay, something's wrong. And I, and you could just tell Libby's countenance dropped, you know, like she literally felt whatever that person was feeling. And I just was so intrigued with that. As a parent, it was really helpful just to go, wow, like that is a gift and a burden, you know, for her to bear. And... Uh, how can we, as parents, uh, lift the burden, but also encourage the gift that it has? Now, part of that gift is, again, feeling all of these feelings, and they want to serve and help others. And the reason is that one of their greatest fears is being rejected. So what twos often do is they'll negate themselves and what they need because they fear that others are going to notice that they're focusing on themselves. Like even if it's in the healthiest way, they're still thinking, oh, wait, but others are going to think I'm being selfish and unkind um, and therefore they're going to reject me. So the twos will repress their feelings and focus on the feelings and the needs of others and then come through for them. So in hopes that other people will see them as the most selfless, kind, giving, nurturing person and therefore not reject them. Um, And so, Megan, that just kind of paints, you know, a a broader picture. Oh, and the other thing is is shame. So they feel great shame in the, the thought that they might be selfish. And so, again, they're going to repress those needs and their own emotions and just take on the emotions and needs of others. So hopefully they won't feel the shame um, that they could be selfish. So Megan, I'd just love to hear just an overview of like, how does that land on you and what rings true? We'll be back after a quick break. 
Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Um, yeah, that the shame is very like when I went through BEC, when you the, the the idea of being in the feeling triad and dealing with shame, like Beth said, like every human deals with shame. But when I realized like the two, threes, and fours, our core struggle is shame. So we feel it weightier. So it's like, yeah, I have all the feelings all the time. And yeah, when shame like comes in, it like feels very heavy. It feels it manifests in my body, and it, it mm-hmm. feels like I can, like it's all I'll ever feel. It kind of becomes very all-consuming and very visceral. And so, yeah. So when I feel like I can't support or be there for someone in the way I feel like I should, which I think for two is being very careful of the sheds, like you should have done that. You should have done this. You shouldn't have, right? Like, especially <laughs> with that one, three, the three's like, you should, you got to get it done. The three wings like, let's, let's go. And the one's like, oh, did we do that right? Did we say that uh-huh. right? And so if I feel like I haven't said or done whatever it is, then it just like, and it hap- I mean, right, it happens every day. So even on Saturday, I was feeling a shame spiral because I wasn't getting the kind of result or outcome I thought. And I was like, it's because you didn't do this. You didn't. And I just, and so I have to being careful I think with shame, how, how I talk to myself and also mm-hmm. being able now with awareness, now that I know shame is a huge struggle of being able to call it what it is of like, okay, this isn't going to last, like, we're okay. Um, but yeah, it feels like it feels very much very, very weighty, for sure. Yeah, Megan, <clears throat> hearing you describe that. So there's a great book by Chip Dodd called The Voice of the Heart, and he talks about healthy shame and toxic shame. Mm-hmm. But it, as I hear you speak, one of the things that really laid heavy on my heart is that you are you also have the two wings of the type one and the type three, mm-hmm. uh, both very performance, right, wrong, driven. So uh, when you're starting to experience the shame, how does the one wing show up for you whenever you're going in the shame spiral? And then I'll ask the same question about the three, but then the opposite is that what you just said, that those part of you actually help you to get out of the shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does well, the one and three show up in shame? Can I just, because I, I, to- I totally want her to go into that, but what I want the um, listeners to know is that this concept 
uh, comes from our book, More Than Your Number, where we use what's called Enneagram Internal Profile or EIP, that we have, we're more than just our main type, that we have connecting uh, parts of us, connecting types that influence us greatly, whether in healthy or unhealthy ways, depending on where our current heart condition is. And so for you, Megan, uh, two of these parts are the wings, which is your one and your three that you're you know, speaking of. And I think that's a great, because what's interesting is as she was talking, I was like, yeah, as a nine, I have the wing of a one and I know how she shows up and I have, I'm a, I have a connecting line to three and I know how she shows up and it's, it sounds very similar. And so this is going to be, to me, a really intriguing conversation in how those two parts show up and then how does it also maybe similar for, for me and how they show up. So Megan, again, how does the type one show up uniquely for you and then the three in a different way? Yeah. So I would say more predominantly two wing one, which is the servant. So this desire to like having this strong internal moral compass, like wanting to do what's right for mm. other people and with other people. And so, but the one wing, right? Like I've the one having the inner critic. And so I think that's where the one is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have responded to that earlier. And so, and that's what the what the three and the one, two being like that self-condemnation. So that was huge for me too, as a two, we don't really need anyone to condemn us because by George, we're going to do it on ourselves. <laughs> and I think that's what shame does of like you. Um, oh. So the one, the one definitely, I think, it's like, hey, you didn't do that right. You know, we might get in trouble. And like, mm. right too is I remember listening to Annie F. Downs' podcast. She was interviewing a male and female of each type. And the mm -hmm. two said, nothing makes me feel worse than when I feel like I've disappointed someone. Yes. And that, mm. it, right? Because two is being so relational. Like, it is just crushing. And even when, you, like, we want to resolve the issue, even though it can be really hard. But then even after it, maybe resolve, like, well, I will carry it. And that's what shame does. It's like, it, it allows me to carry it. We want to wallow in it. We want to hide. We want to run. And so... Um, it can be a little uh, confusing uh, because for the two, as you mentioned, like, you don't have to really criticize the two because they've probably, they already have these parts of them that are criticizing and coaching them along on how to help and serve other people. Mm -hmm. uh, but oftentimes twos don't present, and this is the messy part of the Enneagram, is that it, it, it explains our glory and our depravity. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. but for twos, oftentimes they present more confident mm -hmm. when they are the most scared. And so a, to mm -hmm. mention it, like, how does that show up for you where, okay, you've got your one showing up in your head that you should have done better, someone's disappointed in you. But there's a three part of you that still wants the image of being the servant. How mm -hmm. does all of that show up in your relationships? Yeah, that's good, Jeff. You said we we come across confident even when we're afraid. Is that what yes. you said? Right. Yeah, that's that's huge because I feel like even I gave my testimony at church, got baptized last Sunday, and I remember saying oh, like, "That's awesome." It was great. It was beautiful, oh. but it was very vulnerable. And so the idea yeah. of like, I, I remember saying like, "I don't ever feel ready for anything," but yet the three and the three wing is like, "Come on, we can do this. You got mm -hmm. this." Like the cheerleader comes out and is like, "So like I can," and then I think that's where the desire to help others and serve. So when I am in a healthy place, is like. 
because I'm so familiar with shame, I can also see it really well in others. And I'm like, hey, mm. like, you know, Brene Brown, who um, she says, like, we often talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to other people. Right. And so I think in my like growth um, as a person and in the Enneagram, it's the idea of like, you know, being aware of like, how am I talking to myself in a way that I would never in my supportive nurturer to when talk to other people. And so I think there's, how do I help myself do that? But then also how do I help others to be aware mm-hmm. of like, Hey, this is how you're talking to yourself. And how can we well, be yeah, kinder? But, uh, one other feature I wanted to talk about with this triad for twos is that reading the, and feeling the room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, Oh man, in X-Men, there's a character who has to wear gloves. I can't remember her name, but if she Rogue. wear if she wears one, Rogue, I think. Is it Rogue? I, I mean, for a two, like you're you can't turn that off, Mm-mm. and so but what you have to somehow maintain bound emotional boundaries mm-hmm. with a person that you may or may not even have a relationship with. It's just it's right there. Tell us about your experience of reading the room and feeling. Uh, the kind of energy from other people. And along with that, I would love to hear, because what I've heard from twos is when they go in and they read the room, they're not just really going to go help every single person. They're Mm -hmm. usually drawn. And I would love to hear, who are you most drawn to and why? Oh, um, I think I'm drawn to the, um, the person who I, sense there's like this sadness about right Mm -hmm. because I can't read the room I can feel the energy whether it's anger frustration sadness but I think someone that um and they don't have to necessarily visibly be crying but like oh there's something wrong and even from Mm -hmm. a young age I remember like noticing people at the lunch table in the cafeteria sitting by themselves so anyone that Mm -hmm. I feel is alone or sad and just um because I can sense that even more than they can sometimes. It's like I, in my tuness, I'm not afraid to step into that where other people are like, oh, feeling so, oh, why are you crying? Like where yes. I'm like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, usually people is will it, open up. Is it connected with the one of the biggest fears of the two of you being rejected and maybe thinking that that person is either feeling rejected or is being rejected? it's that I I feel like oh I don't I don't want to re- be rejected but there is this this innate deep sense of empathy of like I can't imagine what that's like and so it's mm-hmm. this ability to really like put myself in their shoes I mean I can't mm-hmm. fully do that but I think right we talk about like eights offer their will fives offer their mind and twos offer their heart and so I think in those moments when I do connect with someone I'm just I am like it's just like my heart. It's like my heart. I can't help it. It's just like my heart is mm-hmm. going. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you're sharing Libby's story, that has been a journey of me living in the city, right? Because mm-hmm. there's homelessness right. in, you know, any big city, but I think post pandemic, it's up more. And so, um, and you're walking right by it. There's an outreach program here in the city called Don't Walk By. And it's the idea of like, let's not walk by our homeless mm-hmm. friends. Right. But like if I were to not walk by any, I'd be doing that all the time. And so it is like also being in tune to the spirit, which of like and I, ha- I have lots of different stories of what that's looked like. You know, a woman like wailing in the rain and I 
stopped to talk to her and then took her to McDonald's and we had a meal. And so like, that's what twos can offer is like this presence of allowing people to be felt and seen and understood. Um, Now, Megan, did your family, how did they relate to that gift of feeling other people? Did they affirm that gift? Were they frustrated by that gift? I would definitely say they noticed it, like, because I was always, like, a really sensitive child, and, like, I often joke, like, if anyone's had a conversation with me for five minutes, you've probably seen me cry, Um, whether it's for others or happy things, sad things, and so I would Mm -hmm. say, like, yeah, I I think they noticed it, and I think um, found it, like, endearing and um like oh i love i love your soul and your kindness Mm -hmm. and um yeah and i think that's what's beautiful about the enneagram kind of like mike was saying earlier is and Brene Brene brown's work also helped me with that because she's a shame researcher so i was like when she talks about vulnerability and the power of vulnerability i was like oh it just affirmed things i always knew and Mm -hmm. felt but also we assume, which is what's beautiful about the Enneagram, that everyone thinks, feels, and does things the way we do. And we just don't. Like, not everyone's going to feel comfortable walking up to someone who's sad and hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean we don't, like, you know, look to try and do those things, right? Like, especially as believers, loving others well. But it's also like, oh, that's an innate gift in me. And so how do we nurture that? And then how can we encourage others? And um, yeah. Well, in wrapping up just the twos, I'd love to see also using the Enneagram from a gospel-centered perspective and what that's meant for you in being in the feeling triad. So the fear of not belonging, being rejected, um, not being wanted and loved, and yet Christ has stepped in and completely shown all of us. But, you know, we're talking to you specifically how he has pursued you. He wants you. He loves you unconditionally. Mm. How has that impacted your heart and and just how you then move through life yeah so i think beth you talk about how like each type right we're all made in the image of god and so each type that's the beauty reflects the image of god in many ways but i think there's also really specific ways that each type does kind of uniquely and so i think something that the twos do is really just offering like the compassion and mercy of Christ of like that being fully present with people like he Christ knew when to lean in and who to help and then he also took time to withdraw and so like he didn't help all people at all times and so just like really leaning into the compassion of Christ Mm -hmm. and then also it's freed me a bit knowing like it is my nature to be like yes let me help how can I support and encourage and so like when you have passages that are like serve and do nothing out of selfish ambition. And I'm like, Oh, twos, you know? And so it allowed me to like allow some like grace of like, don't hear that as like, we got to go serve. We got to serve now. It's like, you know, and something that I remember my pastor said in a sermon, like about three years ago in the midst of the pandemic of like, Jesus is the hero. Mm -hmm. Megan is not. And so um, when I'm, yeah, when I'm feeling the weight of others and the burden of like, I can come alongside, but like Jesus also has to carry and has carried yes. the burden of our fears, insecurities, sin. 
And uh, he's, a hard word like that is so freeing. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the hero, Megan. Ugh. Well, and that, that he is a perfect representation of both helping others and taking care of himself. So being right. fully human and fully God, he had to sleep. He had to nurture himself with food. He mm-hmm. took time alone, um, you know, being away from people. I mean, he could have uh, healed people and served people and nurtured people 24 seven, 365, but he chose to be in a human body that needed certain nurture and care. And he mm-hmm. represented that. And so I think, you know, that is such a, um, a great thing for twos to keep in mind is like, so how did Christ take care of himself, you know, and mm-hmm. how can we represent that part of him as well as the part that nurtures and cares and supports, um, them. Well, tell us where people can find you guys as Enneagram coaches, um, because there might be specific types out there that are like, oh, my goodness, I would love to work with uh, them um, as a coach. So, Megan, let's start with you as the type two. Uh, Where can people find you? Yes. So I am in the YAC Network Coaches Directory, so you can find me there. And then you can also find me um, really most places. So Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Instagram at Megan Jackson. My name's there. M-E-G-A-N Jackson 444 is my handle. 444. All right. Um, And just for, we'll probably say this again, but for the directory, for all of our coaches, certified coaches um, that are in there, it's myenneagramcoach.com. And then you would just search for their name. So again, it's myenneagramcoach is where the um, coaches directory is. All right, Mike, what about you? Yeah, so you can find me in the YEC uh, coaches directory as well. Um, and then uh, we have a website, costl.org, where you could get in contact with me as well through that. Yeah. Mike, I, I was I was a little surprised whenever earlier you mentioned that you didn't have any social media accounts. <laughs> Is that part of the threeness? No, <laughs> I, that's actually very common for threes and fours. Well, that's why I'm asking. Was it? Is that... No. It, it was, is there, it, did you just never get into it or was that sort of an intentional so I exercise? Have, uh, I have LinkedIn and I have Facebook, but they didn't uh, serve the purposes I needed. So I just got rid of them. So I, no. I only tap them when I need them, when I need to find yeah. somebody. Right. So. Gotcha. <laughs> well, and so it's Mike Parrott. P-A-R-R-E-T-T. And you can look him up in the directory as well at myenneagramcoach.com. All right, Leah, what about you? I am also in the YEC network directory. And you can also find me at my new Substack, which is leaheverson.substack.com. I just started a new newsletter there. Or you can find me on Instagram at compassionate underscore enneagram. And my, my Substack is also called compassionate enneagram if you searched for that. That's great. Oh, love that. Well, thank you guys again so much for not just coming today, but really sharing with us your, your heart, your feelings, your emotions, and everything that goes into it. You guys are a gift. Thank you so much. 